There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. Send Hello and welcome to another episode of the Send the Light podcast. I'm Matt Tyson here with Brother Michael Bolton. And back. Yes, we are back. And we are members of the local body of believers here in Waterloo, Iowa. We're so glad that you've tuned in today. Our hope and our prayer with this podcast is that we can help uh, explore relevant, important Bible topics and bring them to your attention and and really explore what the Bible has to say regarding these topics. Uh, if you're listening and you're watching and you're here with us, you live here in the Waterloo, Cedar Falls, or the surrounding areas, we'd love to have you visit with us. We meet here at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo, Iowa. You'll find us here when uh, some days at 10.30 a.m., Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, we also have free resources that we can send to you. We have Bible study courses uh, by mail. We can meet in person, go through them in person, study the Bible together. Um, we've got tracks, articles, videos. We've got all sorts of stuff that we can put you in, in contact with. So if you're uh, interested, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on our website at cedarterracecoc.com. You can find us at our Facebook page or YouTube channels with the tag at cedarterracecoc or the email address and phone numbers listed on the screen or in the podcast notes. We're in a different location. Yeah. And so... Might have some some differences. You might see the sound is not quite as good uh, right now. The lighting is uh, I can see in our our video camera. The lighting is going to be a little bit of an issue. We got a big fluorescent light right here above us. So we're going to spend some time. We're in the basement of our our uh, where we meet. I think it's going to be cool in the long run once we get things. It's a work in progress. Yes, we'll get there. So bear with us today. But we're excited to be back after a little bit of a, a hiatus. And uh, looking forward to um, exploring our topic today. Brother Mike, you want to tell us what our topic is for today? I put in the notes, in my notes, free will for versus fate. Actually, we're going to be talking about uh, Judas Iscariot, the betrayer, and Peter, the apostle. Yeah, two, two men who loved Jesus, right. who worked with Jesus, who sinned in very similar ways to one another or to each other um and two different paths very different paths and and really those paths were the result of their choosing their choice and so anyway uh before we get any further into our study you want to go ahead and offer a prayer for us let's pray father we thank you for the day that you've given to us for the opportunity to be back uh speaking about your word and teaching your word that we'd love to do and love to study so much pray lord that you will help us to be uh, relevant to those who may be hearing this podcast or are watching it. Pray, Father, that we will be able to strike some interest in our friends and family and neighbors in this area so that we can grow the kingdom here and spread the gospel in this area. Father, we pray for those who are sick. You know, Lord, who are struggling with physical problems. We pray, Lord, for those who are struggling with other types of problems. We live in a broken world. We know this, but we know, too, that you are the healer. And so we look to you for your guidance and for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we talked about, um, before our prayer, you were going to talk about Judas and Peter. Um, what do you find in scriptures about the life of, P of Judas, rather? Oh, there's, there's so much. I don't know where to start. Um, first of all, Judas is always 
in all the lists of the apostles, he is always listed last. Do you think there's a reason for that? I do. I'm curious, though, you mentioned in your notes here that you gave a copy to me, that uh, Luke speaks of him as a traitor. John even calls him a devil, and Matthew calls him the betrayer. Mm -hmm. These are terms that, even though the other disciples sinned, they don't have a negative moniker yeah. such as that. Well, and and I th I find that in Mark 3, verse 19, well, verses, verse 13 through 19, where he talks about um, appointing the 12, uh, he said he appointed the 12 that they might be with him and might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. And he starts listing them out. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, uh, the sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Now, interesting about that, in my opinion, Peter's betrayal was was just as, as severe as Judas's. There was no difference. But like you said, Judas is always mentioned in a negative light. He's always mentioned last. And, and that really speaks to me about the importance of legacy. You know, Peter did the same thing Judas did, but he went on and, and left a strong legacy. What did Peter do? But when he betrayed Christ. Right. He denied Jesus three times. Mm -hmm. We may go into the account in just a little bit. Uh, he denied even knowing Jesus, and the last one he denied with curses, with swearing, basically, um, using foul language, so emphatic in his mm -hmm. denial. Judas betrayed the Lord. Judas sold him in his betrayal for 30 pieces of silver. Um how technical do we want to get? Uh -huh. Well, what was going on in Judas's life when, when he betrayed him? I think that whenever I think about it, I think one thing that's noteworthy is what happens right before right. he's betrayed. That's in John 12, verses 4 through 6. Uh, the Bible says, Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, Why wasn't this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and had what was put therein. And so right before, and then he, he leaves from this scene and goes and makes the deal. Oh. So he was kind of called out. Yes, just a step deeper than that and you're you're spot on um just a, a little step deeper jesus and the and the uh scribes the rulers were they were butting heads he had just given his speech at the temple where he basically denounced them and basically cursed them pronounced a curse on them it was all the eight woes that are given in matthew um and so in anger they put out uh, a wanted poster basically saying we want this man gone and they 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 tried to encourage the people to report his whereabouts and help them try to find some legitimate way to capture him and so when jesus rebukes and i think really rather gently rebukes judas mm. for this it's kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back 
he then goes to the Pharisees and, or to the to the rulers and says, "What will you give me for it?" Yeah, yeah. And the, and the sad part about with Judas and his betrayal was just the manner in which he did it. Right. In Matthew twenty six verses forty seven through forty nine, uh, Jesus is in Gethsemane. He's been praying. Disciples have been sleeping. And the Bible says, and while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priest uh, and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, whoever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And one other noteworthy thing is in verse 50, Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? And two things that I noticed there is Jesus knew, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, Jesus knew all along that Judas was going to betray him. But yet, even in the midst of this betrayal, I mean, technically Judas had already betrayed him. He had already yeah. made the transaction and he's out here uh, filling his. and the, underway. Yeah. It, sa- it still says, and Judas, one of the twelve. And then when he goes up and greets Jesus, Jesus still calls him friend. And I think there's such an important lesson to learn there regarding when we are betrayed. We don't deal, you know, we, we deal with betrayal in our lives. People betray us. Um, they do us wrong. They, they hurt us. Even in the midst of that hurt and pain, Jesus still had the best of intentions towards Judas. Jesus, knowing all things and having the ability even to read men's hearts or or minds, knew that Judas already had made this plot with the rulers. And he knew that Judas was the one. I mean, he supped with him, right? He gave him the sop out of the the bowl. Jesus knew that Judas was the betrayer. And still, when Judas comes to plant that deadly kiss on his cheek, Jesus calls him friend. Hmm. It's like, I know what you're doing, but I want you to come back. Yeah. And and that's his attitude towards us, too. Yes. Um, Thank God. Yeah. So there's three passages, actually. Uh, I, I should have written them down here, but we'll flip to them. One is John uh, 6, verse 17. And this is mainly, there There are some people I've heard that have said that Jesus didn't know that Judas was going to betray him. He knew he would be betrayed, but didn't know Judas was the one. John 6 verse 17 says, uh, 16 says, Now when the evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and um, let's see here, where is it? 6 verse 64, apologize. Reading the wrong passage Yeah, here it is. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, uh, who did not believe and who would betray him. And then John 13, verse 18, I believe, is another passage that mentions a similar idea. The Bible says, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. To me, that sounds like Jesus is saying, I know what's what's to come and who it's to come by. Yeah. And so true reads that way. So I've I've always 
I, I've never been able to believe that idea that Jesus didn't know Judas was going to betray him. Jesus knows the hearts of the innermost and and knew what was going on with Judas. So Judas betrays him. Mm-hmm. And then Judas realizes what he's done, takes the 30 pieces of silver, as was prophesied in the Old Testament hundreds of years before, and gives them back to the priests and goes out and hangs himself. Mm-hmm. Did he have to do that? Was all hope really lost? No. And that's uh, in Matthew 27. I think it's three and four. Yeah, three and four is where it talks about that final ending of of Judas. Um, But he says, he tells the chief priests and the elders in verse four saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. So up to this point, Judas was tempted. He gave into that temptation. The scripture says that Satan entered Judas. He allowed Satan to enter himself. He betrays Jesus. Jesus is taken into custody. He's beaten and spat on and 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 Judas recognizes that what he had done was wrong. Right. And he tried to go make it right. But this is where we start to see the difference between Judas and Peter. What's the difference? Well, Judas hung himself. Peter goes out into the night weeping. Mm-hmm. And I understand that weeping, not just shedding a few tears. He's sobbing at what he's done. But Peter doesn't end it. Mm-hmm. And the scripture doesn't say that Peter uh, let Satan, or it doesn't say that Satan entered Peter. Correct. There's a difference there. And I think this is a point that we should emphasize just a little bit. Satan has no good intention for humanity. That is that is not his plan. That is not his goal. He intends nothing for you or me. He intends our ruin. He intends our loss, our damnation, like Judas. He's he's excited. I've always believed that Satan hates God and is, is he knows what his eternal damnation is and he knows the hurt that it causes god when we choose to forsake him right and so that's that's it doesn't change satan's uh eternal consequence but it sure makes it nicer whenever he can have you know think he has one up on god i can just imagine the mental anguish that judas and Peter, even for that matter, were in as they realized in the and the gravity of what they had done began to sink in. But their reactions were so different. That's that's the 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 main point that I think we're trying to get to in, in this podcast today is their reactions were so different. Well, if you think about it. Judas, it appeared that his temptation was money and, and theft, theft, um, the Bible, you know, like you said a minute ago that they list him out multiple times, three or four times as a thief, um, that he stole, stole from the money bag. So obviously he had a problem. 
And he chose what it appears to us. He chose to not seek the master's help with that problem. That's right. And that problem turned into a bigger problem. And how, how often does it happen with us? How often do you see people that refuse to ask for help, mainly because of pride, often because of pride, and those little problems turn into bigger problems. They, they, they blow up. Always. It's not a shameful thing to have a problem. The problem may be embarrassing and difficult to deal with, and it may even be life-changing once it's outed, but it's not a shameful thing. We're human, and humans do terrible things to each other, uh, to the name of Christ, to you know, culture and society. Humans do terrible things. So it's not a shame with that. The shame comes in not being man enough or woman enough to get the help that you need. Mm -hmm. And like Matt was saying, whatever, uh, whatever the problem might be, if it's not dealt with, it just grows and it gets worse and it begins to hurt not just you, but it begins to hurt other people. Well, I think that many times what happens is we give in to temptations. There, when we give in to temptations, there are consequences for that. And oftentimes we try to fix the problem but avoid the consequence. And I think that was a big part of what Judas was facing was he wanted to fix the problem. He went back. He admitted he sinned, but he wasn't willing to deal with the consequences of that. So he went out and killed himself. Just playing with that for a moment. What kind of consequences would there have been? What were there for Peter? Correct. It was with Peter. What we see is just Jesus affirming Right. Or, or bringing to his attention, maybe is a better way of putting it, what's really important. Right. And I think that probably would have been the case for Judas also if Judas had humbled himself and sought the Lord mm -hmm. like Peter did. You know, one thing that I've mentioned before is Judas is always looked at as this evil, horrible, wicked person that crucified Christ. How is he any different to us when we choose to reject Christ? He's not. Typically, whenever you're studying the life of the apostles, any of them or all of them together, Judas is always painted in the worst picture possible. But if you step back from Scripture and look at the big picture for just a quick moment, some of these guys were really not nice people at all. I mean, Simon Peter had a temper, right? And James and John, the sons of thunder, they were called the sons of thunder because they wanted to call lightning down on people who said something ugly to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's not being nice. And then Simon the Zealot was an assassin. Mm-hmm. Not, not a nice person. Matthew was a tax collector, and the scriptures always, always paint the Jewish tax collectors who worked for the Romans as cheats, as uh, scoundrels of the, of the lowest sort. These were not nice men that Jesus called. They were not looked on favorably, <laughs> no. even by their peers. You know, even, even their peers, especially the tax collectors. Uh, I remember uh, we talked Wednesday night a little bit 
about Benedict Arnold and the uh, the Revolutionary War. And ultimately, what I believe, you know, Benedict Arnold betraying, you know, his his friends and his his colleagues and and uh, brothers in arms, you know, Judas and Peter, ultimately what those three betrayals had in common was a focus on self. And many times, in in my opinion, any type of betrayal, even betray, you know, betrayals that we deal with today are the result of somebody focusing on themselves instead of others. For Judas, it was money. For Benedict Arnold, it was, was power and authority, you know, something he felt was owed to him. Um, with Peter, it was the, the, like the, the self-preservation, you know, wanting to, to go on and, and live another day. But the, the one thing that we have to remember, and this is true for us today, is any time that we hurt someone else, any time that we betray someone else, maybe it's their trust, their friendship, maybe it's it's taking advantage of somebody, and, and this goes to the Peter and Judas thing as well, it always, always is a choice. And it's a choice that we make, and and it, it's that choice that where we're focusing more on ourselves than other people. I am so glad that you... Are emphasizing that sin is always mm-hmm. a choice go ahead so that's us you know when we betray others it's a choice it's a it's a selfish choice many times but what about when we are the recipient or the receiving end of a betrayal we still have a choice and this is what I believe the, a lesson that we can learn from Jesus and how he treated Peter. Um, you mentioned a minute ago. So, so tell us a little bit about Peter's um, betrayal of, of Christ. Well, at the end of the supper here that, that Judas was given the sob and, and told that he was the betrayer to go do what you're going to do, Jesus then, according to Mark's record, I think it's in Mark 12, uh, tells Peter that you're going to deny me three times. And Peter vehemently denies that. Mm-hmm. It says, if everybody else leaves you, I will not leave you even if it kills me. And Jesus says, no, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. Or before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And that's exactly what happened. Now, one of the gospel records, I'm not, I can't remember which one, says that when Peter made that third and final denial and heard the cock crow, that he, Jesus and he exchanged a look. And I, my dad, who was a, a preacher, had a very powerful sermon on the look of Jesus and the compassion and understanding, as well as the accusation. I told you this was going to happen, Peter. Yeah. Uh, and so... The scriptures tell us, all four Gospels, the best of my recollection, tell us that Peter goes into the night weeping, sobbing, and sorrow. And the next time we see Peter, he's fishing. But when Jesus resurrects from the tomb, from the grave, he tells Mary, go tell my disciples and tell Peter. He specifically mentions Peter. I guess one of the points that we can draw from this is it doesn't matter how 
awful our sin, or even how often we may have sinned. God still loves us and wants us. Mm-hmm. What you just mentioned a minute ago about Peter is Peter, like you said, he was very sure that, like, it's not me, you know. I'm willing to go to death for you. And then he ended up and, and Jesus told him, no, no, <laughs> this very night you will, yeah. you will deny me three times. Even tonight. Yeah. And, um, so he, he certainly, I, I feel like did have some, which I mean, you, like you said, you know, Peter was, was very, um, he was a strong willed person. Right. Um, but the the scary thing about this, and we have to think about this ourselves today, is Judas and Peter were both disciples. They traveled with Jesus. They went places with Jesus. They, you know, did everything they could to help, you know, uh, Jesus's ministry, and yet they still denied. You know, Peter denied Christ. Judas betrayed Christ. Judas was one of the seventy that were sent out to heal. And to cast out demons and things like that. Mm-hmm. So these, if if these men were that close to Christ, and they still, I mean, in fact, John, uh, twelve verse six. Um, let's see here. This, was, oh yeah, the Bible says this. He said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and then put the uh, and had the money box and used, uh, and he used to take what was put in it, and so. Judas had this issue already, like we've mentioned. Um, and then Matthew 26, he, he let this temptation fester. He goes to the, the chief priest, the elders and said, what are you willing to give that I might hand him over to you? How much is a betrayal worth? You know, Not quite. what, and, and that to me, that's a question that we have to ask ourselves today is, What's it worth to us? You preached Sunday morning, creation, that same question. And my wife and I talked about that on the way home, on the way to the store, through the store, on the way home, oftentimes since then. In our heart, in our mind, we're sure that there's nothing that that's worth, that we would not trade anything for our relationship to Christ. We're not under the pressure uh, a whole lot. We don't have a burly Roman guard pushing his sword in our face or or people shouting and screaming and stuff like that in our face or like some of our brethren do in India or Pakistan or some other place in the world that has, you know, severe persecution. It's not it's not like we're afraid of getting beat up every time we go out the door mm-hmm. because we are Christian. So it's hard to say what is a betrayal worth. Well, you know, uh, I remember having a garage sale one time when we lived in Vinton and somebody was walking around and I forget what it was they'd looked at. And they said, uh, is that for sale? And pointed to something. And, and my reply, and, and it still is, <laughs> everything's got a price. <laughs> it may not be listed for sale, but everything's got a price. And, and I, I find that's applicable to us too, because we cannot, we cannot claim to be stronger than Peter and, and Judas. I mean, they're, 
there may very well be something that tempts us enough or that that uh, scares us enough where we find that that betrayal in that moment is worth a certain amount. Sitting in the safety of this room in our congregation's building in Waterloo, Iowa, you know, the heartland of the United States, I can't imagine what it would be. But April and I are planning on going on a, on a trip to Asia here before long, and there may arise a situation on that trip where the circumstances are vastly different than what they are here. And to say that with 100% certainty, I think it would be prideful. Yeah. I think it would I, be arrogant on my part to say, I absolutely would not. Now, I, de- I intend at this point for that not to be for there to be nothing, but I don't know. No, I mean, a myriad of circumstances and pressures may break that resolve. Yeah, and I I agree with what you just said. I I think it would be prideful to say just like Peter did, like, oh no, you might, but I'm not. I'm steadfast. Yeah, we can always. We can always do what we can to prepare for that time and to grow our faith and our obedience and our dependence upon God. But like you said, if if somebody came in and held a sword to my little girls, I don't know. I I have no idea what I would do. And and so I think we just have to pray that that we we don't have to see those types of things, those times with you, and they're not my girls. But yeah. But, but if they do come, you know, and, and like we do, we pray many times, you know, about every prayer that we pray in our assembly, if those times ever come, that we would be obedient and that we, yeah. we would live by faith. We know what the scripture says when those times do come, and, and they do, and, and some people's lives, they do come. The scripture says we trust and we run. It never tells us to fight. It never tells us to get the other upper hand or something like that. It tells us to run, to hide, and to trust God. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm saying that in the safety and comfort of this building, even though it is a little cold in this room. Um, that's just the downstairs for you. Uh, it it may be a different story, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the pressure cooker, so to speak. Yeah. You mentioned Peter a minute ago that uh, that the women had gone to the tomb. They had talked to the angel, and the angel said, "Go tell his disciples and Peter." And from my understanding, those women went back and told him exactly what what the angel said, and and Peter. What do you think went through Peter's mind when he heard what the angel had to say? The fact that he was mentioned by name. I don't know. I've never thought about that. I can tell you what I think would go through mine. What's that? And I'm not Peter, so shame. Yeah. I did this and he still thinks about me. Mm -hmm. He doesn't hate me. I, I find, I think that Peter may have been asking the question, does the Lord still want me? Maybe before the angel. Maybe while he was fishing. Yeah. Does the Lord still want me? How often do we give in to temptations and we sin and we let God down 
And we're left asking our, ourselves that question, does the Lord still want me? What do we do whenever we're faced with asking ourselves that question? I think there's several we can do. I think the first thing we need to do is get our Bible out. And I think we need to do that with prayer. Mm-hmm. I think, secondly, we need to surround ourselves with Christians, other Christians. You know, if we're a faithful Christian, a, a Christian who has sinned, who has fallen out of duty, surround yourself with faithful Christian people, or at least as faithful as far as you can you can tell. Mm-hmm. They will encourage you and they will lift you up. Now, they may point out your error. They may point out what you need to do, and that may be uncomfortable, but I'd say take courage. Yeah. I think that one thing that we can take away, thinking about kind of practical application when people do us wrong, Jesus was, Peter did Jesus wrong. Yeah. What did Jesus respond with? Forgiveness. Forgiveness, love, a sincere desire to restore. Yeah. And I know many times, I mean, I've been done wrong, you've been done wrong, and it's so easy for us to be like, oh, you know, I forgive you, but, you know, like, forgive but not forget, and that kind of thing. And and I just find that that's not the attitude that Jesus had. And, and there's, you know, I'm all for protecting yourself, protecting your family, but at the same time, when we're done wrong, we should want what's best for that person. We should seek them out to restore the relationship. And, uh, and that's what we see, you know, in the example of Jesus is, is just a sincere desire to restore, um, that relationship with Peter. So the unfortunate ending to Judas was he hung himself and then just kind of the, the icing on the cake, the, the limb broke and he, he exploded, you know, lack of a better term. Um, and Peter was restored to be one of the most prominent men in the, the first century church. So there's hope even after mm-hmm. there's still hope. Absolutely. Turn to Christ. So what if somebody happens to be watching this or listening to this now and, and maybe they have a sin in their life that they're ashamed of and they feel like they've, maybe they feel like, and I've heard people say this before, maybe you have too, that, that God doesn't want me. I've, I've let God down too many times, or maybe they've, um, feel like they've let other people down. Um, dealing with resentment or, or feelings of betrayal, what do they need to do? Trust God. Recognize that God knows that. Remember from what we've talked about just today, when Jesus resurrected from the grave, some of the first things that he said was, go tell my disciples and Peter. He knew that anguish that Peter was was enduring. He knew the sorrow that Peter felt and the shame that Peter uh, was experiencing. And so he specified the women to go and tell Peter especially. I think that carries a lot of weight because while Jesus died uh, 
and rose again, he's victorious. He could easily have said, I don't need Peter. I don't need this betrayer. I don't need this unfaithful man, this this weak man who appears to be strong. I mean, that's really what yep. it is. But he didn't. He said, go tell Peter and tell him where I'm going to be to meet me at that prearranged place. Mm-hmm. And Peter did. Different than Judas. Judas, who really was, as bad as he was, was not really that much different than the rest of the disciples. Not really that much different than you and me. And I have no reason to believe that the other disciples didn't have the things uh, that they had to work through. Why did James and John have the moniker hothead? Modern vernacular for somebody with a temper, temper light. Yeah. I think it's because they sought out. That, that's what I was about to say. Maybe it's because they they had a sincere. They made they they recognized. Yeah, they made different choices than what Judas did. Mm-hmm. I think Judas did not have to be known as the betrayer. He chose to be. He could have been known as Judas the apostle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we remember Thomas who doubted. Right? Tradition has it that. After the resurrection, he went and preached in India and died as a martyr for the gospel in India. Mm-hmm. We know this black mark in his past, but then we see his life, you know, after. Yeah, his legacy. Yeah, his legacy. And that, that to me, is such a, a powerful example to us today because it doesn't matter what your past looks like. That doesn't have to be the legacy you leave. Amen. So, cool. That's all I got, I think. Very good. Well, I hope that as we wind up the show today, that those who listen or or watch will go away with the confidence, number one, that God cares for you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die a horrible death for you and I hope you have the confidence that it doesn't matter what you have done he will forgive he will restore he cares and we care mm-hmm. I'm thankful to be a part of pe- of, a, of a people who genuinely care about the broken in our society and our society is full of broken people this has been good, a good start back. I'm sure that we'll deal with some other heavy topics in, in the very near future. I look forward to continuing to progress our studio. I'm thankful for the opportunity to use this room downstairs and the church house uh, for this purpose, and uh, we'll see what's to come. If you're interested, we have lots of free material that we would be thrilled to share with you by mail, by email, uh, via phone call, via, I don't know, a Zoom or, or a WhatsApp or something like that type Horseback. of Horseback. Horseback. Yeah. I might have to leave Pony, pony, pony mail. What is it they used to call it? Uh, pony Express. Yeah, Pony Express. Yeah. There you go. You know, we'll be happy to share just about any form that, any form that we can. Um, and, uh, 
we would love to sit down and meet you face to face. No pressure on that, but we'll meet you uh, just about anywhere and just about any time. We'd love to talk about the gospel and study God's word with folks, uh, whether they're a member of the congregation here or a member of the Church of Christ or not. Uh, we meet every Sunday morning at 1030 at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive here in Waterloo, Iowa, and every Wednesday at 7. So we've got to wrap this up pretty quick. It's getting late in the afternoon. And we would love to have you join us in that assembly. There's contact information going to be scrolling by on the screen probably about right now. And uh, just for that, I'm going to delay it. <laughs> uh, we'll be, we'd, we'd lo- we would love to hear from you. And if you have comments on the podcast, please, please be sure to uh, reach out with those comments or, or those questions. My name is Michael Bolton. I'm the preacher here, the evangelist serving the congregation here. My friend and co-worker here is Brother Matt Tyson. And uh, this is it. We're done for today. God bless you all.